title of this morning's uh, Dharma talk. I tried to think of another way of saying it, but I don't know how to title this. So I'm just going to call it Intense Karma. Very strong, irrefutable movement, action. And I'm happy to respond to questions about this as soon as you have them. What I'm basically, the topic, the idea here is is noticing, not only in my own life, but in the lives of people I talk to and endeavor to support or help with their awareness practice, there's some things you just can't argue with. You, you, just, you just can't, you can't even come up with an idea why something is even happening. Sometimes extremely confusing, even though some other situation right next to you is obvious what this caused that, caused that, caused that, so that's how you got your PhD. Or you did this and did this and did this, and that's how you ended up in uh, the Michigan Department of Corrections. They have their similarities. Each of each of them are containers. But I'm sure you've noticed in your life there are sometimes people you meet. Uh, you don't even have to talk to them as soon as you meet them. And it's not just how how they appear, although it's difficult to separate from that. Sometimes you meet people that you have a certain kind of a of a feeling for, and it and it could be attraction. And it could be indifference, it could be just feeling negative. Even if the person is extremely friendly and kind and nice and sweet and all that, just a strong negativity can arise with that person. One time uh, a while back, I know this doesn't happen anymore, but Shoka, our most recent fully ordained priest here, uh, came into the hojo and said, why do I always feel aggression when I look at you? (laughs) <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> something along that line. I'm probably paraphrasing. And I probably said something like, probably because you hate my guts. <laughs> uh, and as some of you know, we have done some work with that in deep consciousness going into what is apparently, capital A, apparently past lives. Apparently. So I'm not, I'm not sure that's exactly how that works. But something is going on there and it's worth investigating and we aren't about to look the other way by having an opinion about it. Opinions are incredibly difficult, uh, make it incredibly difficult to work with the, with the world that is on the move all the time, rising and falling and showing up this way, showing up that way, changing colors, changing shapes, changing textures. It's uh, quite uh, a display. So what you hear me say quite often is don't agree with it, don't disagree with it, and don't ignore it. And of course, the process of doing it is knowing how you can't help but go along with something. You can't help but be against something else. And you can't help but be just not interested or just disinterested or distracted from another thing. But it's a little bit different when, you, when you're aware that you're doing that, out of a, when it's coming out of awareness that you're not doing that. So that's why I, when I say that, as I've said many times, I know you can't help but do that. I can't help but do that. I can't help but accept, uh, agree, disagree, and so on. It just—it's a spontaneous kind of a, a rising that happens. It has something to do with uh, with the, the karma that seems to be coming from somewhere else. <clears throat> so it's interesting that if you, whatever is occurring, that if you do nothing with it, that it will—it won't. Whatever is showing up, we tend to solidify it out of fear. Oh my God, this is happening! I can't believe this is happening. Remember saying that to yourself. I can't believe this is happening. Anybody here not said that? Oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Do you ever say, oh my God, I can't believe this won't happen? No, that 
but we're always kind of perplexed and mystified by any all kinds of things that are going on if we're if we're trying to pay attention and see what's happening like how did you end up in this room you know you can't find a first cause I, I certainly don't know how this how I ended up sitting on a, a seat and being a Dharma teacher even even uh, 10 12 years ago I wouldn't have thought this was going to and I didn't make it occur. I didn't bring it about. I just didn't get in the way of it. It just started to occur. I just didn't agree or disagree or look away. As a, at least not very much. Uh, initially, I disagreed. I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to. I don't want to. It's not my job, man. And a lot of that came out of just feeling that I, was, I, can't, I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. I barely even understand it. And you might say, yeah, I've noticed that. <laughs> I understand. So I'm thinking of a particular situation where uh, if you've been in love, which I'm sure you have, or maybe you are, or maybe you're going to be, there's some kind of, uh, there's different levels of that. There's different levels of attachment and attraction and repulsion and and it, it just, you never have the same situation, even though sometimes uh, someone who's been married a lot, like I have, uh, will say, well, have you ever noticed that your mate is always that, you're always marrying your mother or something like that? Said, that is not true. <laughs> not true. However, it is interesting how, how anytime you're with another person, any, pick 15 people, write their names down, and then just notice the, the difference in energy that happens with you and that other person. It might be strong attraction, love, uh, it could be aversion, it could be all the nuances, all the different uh, aspects or the combinations of things coming and going. And you will see that more and more and more the less you interpret it, add, elaborate on it, or do anything with it at all. It will start to show up in, more, uh, in higher and higher relief. Because why? Because you're not doing anything with it. It's, you're actually getting, uh, you could say, and this is, a, I'm characterizing it this way, and maybe there's a better way, a pure karma. The karma that actually was actually caused, or actually did start in a particular way, a particular co a combination of 3,852,000 things all coming together, pushing this, pushing that, pulling this, shutting this down, raising this up, that end up in this moment. Here we are. Yes? When you say higher relief, the word relief yeah. you, are you referring to contrast yes that, so that you can so that it's the, the emotion might be feel even stronger if you have no story about it the stories protect us from things the story about story about story about <clears throat> it's because of this because of that it, the story might could be just a description which is not too bad but this uh, description always has a tone of voice that is that is condemning something or increasing something or changing it so it's more acceptable, like trying to put a, a banana through a doorway if the banana is 15 feet long. You have to turn it sideways. I just thought I'd help you with that. <laughs> so, but it's that, that it has that kind of a, you know, that kind of a feeling to it. Like, you know, like the, the story, what is the story of the monkey trap of the bottle? They put some food in a bottle and the monkey puts his hand inside the bottle and grabs a hold of the food and then can't get his hand out. It's a monkey trap. But the monkey doesn't think, if I let go of the food, <laughs> I can get my hand up, then we'll let go of the food. Not about to let go of that food. 
I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> I like monkeys, so that's probably why they're quite interesting. So when you're going back to the high relief situation, if you can just, if you can do it, and I think you can do it, I feel you can do it, I know you can do it if, you, if you're training your mind, if you're spending time sitting down, holding still, as I've said hundreds of times, you don't have to be a Buddhist, it would help to do that because this, that's what this path is all about, about seeing what is true, not believing, disbelieving, ignoring, seeing what is true. Sit down, hold still, and watch what is false. Your thoughts, you have to watch the deception, you have to watch the falsehood, you have to watch your whatever word is there, bullshit, My, your, your, your thought patterns that come and go and come and go about this, I like this, I don't like that, I shouldn't do, we should, we shouldn't, I shouldn't, I can't stand this anymore, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Little that, When you say, I don't know how I'm going to do this, or here I go again, you're actually preventing yourself from seeing the high relief that that uh, uh, Shoshi is asking about. You're, you're, you're actually preventing yourself from seeing from actually being a little bit more like, a, what, what term could I use, maybe like a detective, you're actually shutting down on the investigation. You're saying, I don't want to look at that, I'm just going to go with, I'm going with this. It's, uh, it's because of uh, uh, Fred did it. It's because of what Fred did, that's why I'm suffering this. Instead of, let's set that aside, put it on a shelf, and then look at the situation itself until you see it for what it is, painful. That might be the only thing that you can't resist saying about it. This hurts. That's not so bad because that's, uh, as Trungpa Rinpoche, my first teacher said, first thought, best thought. The very first thought you have about anything may not be true. It may maybe ha have some irregularities or something that you can't just use it as some kind of support to go further into the truth, but it probably won't be uh, such a big lie that it prevents you from looking deeply into your a conscious mind into your the structure of your particular shall we call it neurosis so sitting practice of meditation is as we've said many times is deliberate dissatisfaction just deliberately sitting down and, and being having a willingness to just be dissatisfied so that you can actually see uh, that that is uh, uh, you can see the very nature of that and rather than fighting with it ahead of time or trying to cover up uh, the so-called symptom Scratch your beard, I'll call on you. <laughs> I can scratch my ear though. Yeah, Shoshi. I'm not sure how to ask this, but I, uh, so why do why do I take or why do we take or a collection of events of events and call it one thing, like Dharma teacher, for instance, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. car, or negative energy, or I can't believe this is happening to me. That yeah. that feeling. That's good. Yeah. I think we need, uh, I think it's not about not doing that, but it's about being aware that th those are uh, those are causes and conditions that are arising that we're calling it one thing, like a Dharma practice, Dharma Dharma teacher. Uh, every, every person in here is, even though we are all studying right now, studying meditation, studying awareness uh, practice, there's all kinds of things are going on with everyone, all kinds of thoughts that you'll never share with anybody in here because it's about the, some furniture store in Utah that owes you money. You sent the furniture back and they never refunded the... So, but you're not going to mention that to anybody. At least I never have. <laughs> and that's, that might not be a very good example, but, but it's like that kind of thing. So I think we, uh, to come to your question, why we would say that is we, have, we can't just say 10,000 things. We have, to, we have to bring this down to some kind of a, a, a naming or something. 
about uh, this situation or that situation. The idea is to be very aware that it's uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of elements, a lot of aspects, a lot of facets might be another way of saying to that particular so-called thing. A lot of sh- sides and so on. Just a way of getting a handle on it. And sometimes we get by doing that we get swamped by the description. We get drawn into it, and we actually you could say dis- uh, disregard or forget what we're actually working with. And call and give ourselves a credential for working with the uh, the name rather than the things being named. So we, mm-hmm. when you say uh, intense karma, what's karma that's not intense? Um, mosquito bite. <laughs> yeah, what did you do in the 16th century to that mosquito that he's biting you now? So it's just very little occurrences. Uh, be the, they get stronger, and then you know a flat tire is not horrible, but it's inconvenient. But but then uh, um, an intense uh, thing, you know, a car accident is more intense, especially if someone is killed or hurt or something. Then that's pretty intense. You know, I always I, I know when I met uh, Trump Rinpoche uh, many years ago. Uh, he was in 1968. He was uh, he ran into a uh, in, uh, ran into a joke shop. He was drinking and driving, I guess, from the way the story goes. And he lost control and ran and, and paralyzed his whole uh, left side. And I remember thinking when I met him, well, what, what is, you know, thinking about karma then, which I had just recently been introduced to the idea, just wondering what kind of karma produce, causes a person to be a, a, a teacher that is this amazing teacher, and yet is subject to running into joke shops and paralyzing the half of their body. And then, you know, then people would take that and say, well, uh, you know, make it into a story. Well, you notice that it was his left side that was, uh, but the active side was left completely un, so he, you know, so this was a message from his, from the lineage that you need to teach or something, you know. People would go on and on and on about speculation about why this happened and how, and then he even uh, referred to the Kagyu lineage as the mishap lineage. There's even a book on it, mishap lineage, uh, that he wrote. It's about... The lineage that is, there's all kinds of difficulties happening. But if you go and ask uh, Kagyu uh, monks about it, which I personally haven't done, but others have, they say, I've never heard of mishap lineage. These are fully ordained in the Kagyu tradition. But then there are uh, the four great and eight lesser schools just in the Kagyu lineage, not to mention all the other different orders and schools and different, different ways of working with everything, everything from go into a mountaintop and sit there the rest of your life to go down and do prostrations until your knees break. So, mm-hmm. In situations of particularly intense karma, what can be done to not blame? So you have to see the way you, see the way you will blame. Something will be happening and we'll, we'll try to look for the cause. And it's not that there isn't some cause or some, some person that's causing. It's just that there's all kinds of things that are ignored. Anytime you go to blame, you ignore everything that, that created that particular thing you're blaming or person you're blaming or situation you're blaming. So you're, you're bringing that into some, this is the, this is the difficulty with, the, uh, with when we don't see dependent origination for what it is. When we don't see that everything is dependently arisen. Nothing comes from its own side as its own self, its own blame or its own credit. You get credit for nothing. It'd be like going in the mirror if you looked like... Uh, uh, a movie star going and look in the mirror and think of what a wonderful th- di- job you did with yourself, or or being uh, being uh, 
in a terrible situation, uh, being born into uh, poverty or into uh, a crime family or something like that. And so, so, but these are the kind of, when I'm talking about intense karma, I'm saying that's what I'm talking about. There's some area, just the karma that brings you into this room is pretty amazing. It's there, first, there needs to be a room for for this karma that brought you into this room for it to have a room to go to. So there first has to be a teaching, a teaching person. There has to be some kind of a lineage situation happening that's strong. Not uh, sometimes people are concerned about some kind of personality cult and people have accused Trungpa Rinpoche of leading a personality cult. I don't think so. I knew him. Uh, it was not, he just, he just had an incredible charisma. And he was kind of a homely guy, you know. He was and, and was crippled, and uh, you never thought of him as a, a, you know, handicapped. It's the last word you'd think about to describe him if you were describing him. Even though he limped all over the place, I one time helped him into a car, and it's like he deliberately made himself weigh twice as much. <laughs> he was heavy, and I'm oh, like this, trying to hold him up and help him. And it's like it's like he's just going. Probably my perception. But, so anyway, that was a long time ago. So um, I think it's necessary. And the reason I'm talking about this is I'm, I'm thinking of uh, what brought it up. I'm talking to somebody uh, who's a student of mine off in the distance who's just having difficulty with someone they really care for, who's going through a lot of difficult stuff. And, and I'm pretty much saying, don't meddle. Don't, it's not, uh, just, even though you can justify, well, I have to help them. It's like when somebody talks about suicide, please respect the person's confusion. Because if you don't, if you try to come at it with your apparent clarity, all you do is make things worse for that person. I'm not saying you're going to cause them to take their life or something, but they, they need to get their own clarity around that. Just like uh, uh, the sitting meditation, if somebody comes to me with some kind of with confusion about certain things, I, I know better than to than to uh, go into territory in someone's consciousness without permission. It ha practically has to be an invitation, even though I can see a lot of spinning and craziness, because it doesn't work. It just set, it, you just reinforce the polarity that the whole we call samsara that the whole world is attached to materialism. That doesn't mean it isn't difficult to be with somebody and watch somebody, um, you know, destroy themselves. Uh, with whatever, alcohol or drugs or something, or a activity that's really harmful. Uh, I know what that's like. I was raised by people who were, do who were doing that. So I know what it's like. Um, of course, that's a little different situation as a child, but as an adult looking at it, you can't, you can't say, you know, you might not want to do that anymore. <laughs> you might not want to uh, drink every single day. On the other hand, it's none of your business. It's none of your business. What is your business? Train your mind, please. Train your mind so that you become more and more and more clear. How does that feel? It feels, probably is going to feel worse and worse because you're looking at things you've been shutting down perhaps your whole life. And now you're, because your attitude has changed, you're practicing an awareness practice, you are going to, you are going to look at this. You're not going to settle for any kind of halfway uh, halfway ideas about it. You have to know that it's halfway, so you don't settle. It's a whole other teaching. I sometimes talk about halfway measures. You should actually practice the halfway measure 
So you know there is a halfway, which we never get there, of course, yes. When it looks like things just get worse and worse, how can encouragement show up to practice? Encouragement for you? You just, you know, you you receive vows and you're asking for more of them. You ask for more of them. So that's that's what that's about. It's like you, you have to do it yourself. So you get help by, that's why we have lineages. That's why we have teachers. And some people go around and say, you don't need a teacher. All religions suck or whatever. And I'm not saying that every organization is going to have some kind of difficulty with it. But that's why we receive a vow, observe vows so that we can, uh, so when things do get, we do go into a, a passage in our life where things just get totally gray and blurry and with no sunshine, so to speak, that we we have that vow, return to that vow. First contemplate the preciousness of being free and well-favored. You can, you can go to the first one of the four reminders and just say that to yourself and, and contemplate each word because it's, uh, and that helps, takes us in, takes helps to take us into the fundamental situation that that part of our karma is pretty good. We're here. We've heard these teachings and the, you, you know, you can, you can scan the internet all day long and not, you can find Buddhism, you can find teachings, but you can't always find uh, the situation that is going to support you to actually find out who you are. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, Mariah uh, in Texas has a question. Mm -hmm. She asks, does our individual clarity come solely from meditation? Your individual clarity was here before you were born. And so the meditation practice, all it's doing is slowly, uh, shows up different with different people, but show it slowly. So you're sitting down, you're holding still, you're looking at the craziness of the mind. And it's, and it, as we know, it's crazy. But you don't give up. You continue to look. You're, you're reifying, emphasizing the awareness part of the consciousness rather than the thinking part or the assuming part or the constructing part or the planning part or all the other parts. You're just going to look. You're just going to receive. Receive whatever shows up. So I would say to uh, Mariah and to anyone else that what happens is you're actually uh, cutting through the whole, the whole uh, clinging, the whole uh, uh, passion, aggression, ignorance aspects of the mind. It takes time to do it. You have to insist. You have to insist on seeing the truth yourself. And so you're, it could be said you're more as you do meditation practice. You're more uncovering the confusion. You're 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 looking at the confusion so that it can't get any fuel. If you're looking at the confusion, then the nobody can sneak in some shipments of ammunition because you're looking at it and you're not buying it. You're not selling it. You're not distracting yourself from it. Do nothing with it. And, and their whole practice can be about watching how you keep spontaneously out of fear, spontaneously out of hope, spontaneously out of ignorance. Meddle. Meddle with your own mind. Don't meddle with your own mind. Respect your confusion. Don't, don't try to fix something from three blocks away. Look at it until there, there's no distance between you. And what you're seeing, you're, you're actually, this is what Rinpoche is saying, as far as I can tell. Be genuine. Be the neurosis you're trying to avoid. Be the confusion. This is, this is uh, to be with all things. Start with your own uh, uh, spinning mind. And you can't do that if you're covering it up with thought patterns and ideas and conversations and discussions. You hear there's some really, really intelligent people on the internet talking on, that, that are, are not people who train their minds, but they're really smart. And, and I couldn't 
I'd be uh, silenced by listening to them because I can't participate in that. Uh, they're really, really smart, and they can uh, they can talk about ideas and angles and philosophies and interpret everything and bring in Nietzsche and Schopenhauer and and, and they said this and they said this and they said that and bring in various historians to validate their ideas or psychologies. Not wrong, just circular. Really correct in its in its path. A circle always looks like a straight line if you're walking on it. You know, you're not walking on a circle and think, this is a circle. <laughs> no, you think, bump, 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 bump. Or maybe, pum, 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 pum. go ahead. How do we know if we're confused? <laughs> Just ask me. <laughs> Am I confused? Yep. <laughs> Am I unconfused? Yep. No reference point. This is something that's difficult to... Because in the midst of the of the drowning in the ocean, we think, you mean I don't need a rubber ducky or something out here to keep me from sinking? No, you don't. If you in our in our uh, talking about the what Shoto was asking about earlier, I say, you know, return to the vow, return to your vows, receive these vows, or if you don't do it officially, then just do it on your own. You don't need me to put a rubber stamp on your head. Do it on your own. I, I think it helps to be part of the of a lineage of 2,500 years going back. I think it helps a lot. I certainly couldn't do this without that. But you could just return to that resolve. Just return to, I'm going to see this. I'm going to see this through. I'm going to see what it is. We tend to cover things up uh, uh, and and then think that what we're looking at is, is it, is the truth, or is this is what we're dealing with, when actually we no, we're looking at our idea about what it is. Your idea about what it's like, the example I'm giving, I give quite often, is it's like looking at a recipe a recipe, and thinking you're looking at food. It's, it's, it's really that big of a situation. If you're looking at food, you won't know what it is. How many times have you gone in the kitchen, looked in the bowl and said, what is this? And then Cody says, food. <laughs> <laughs> Or someone, you know, it's like goulash. What is goulash? <laughs> anybody know? Anybody here from where's the goulash made in? You don't know. The anybody? Kitchen. Kitchen. <laughs> Good idea. That works, yes, sir. What is the difference between the path and walking in a circle, thinking that you're walking in a straight line? Well, the difference is if you're if you're walking in a circle and walking in a straight line, you're you're reifying and establishing the correctness of what you're doing over and over by lecturing yourself and and arguing with others and seeing how they can't quite think as clearly as you can. Still, uh, still, it's just an idea, and so you keep on going. And, but but uh, you know, going to retreat and see how long that works with nobody to argue with, nobody to compare yourself with. That's why. Solitary retreats are quite helpful, especially if they're long. Especially if you're doing nothing uh, for eight hours a day, but sitting and looking at a, a wall. It feels quite silly. Mariah has a follow-up question. Yes. Uh, two parts, actually. Um, does enlightenment eliminate suffering, or are we still subject to live out our karma regardless of enlightenment? You, yes, you will have to live out your karma. It's just that there won't be a solid being doing it anymore. If you if you awaken, or if you realize uh, dependent origination, which is what the Buddha saw, uh, then the karma is still there. You're still going to trip over a log. 
on November the 3rd, uh, 2042. You're still going to have things happen, probably. Not, maybe not all of them. Some of them might change, but that shouldn't be any concern. What is, a, what is a concern is, are you clear about what is right in front of you? If you're clear about what is right in front of you, you'll make no more decisions about anything. Decisions are just a sign that you're confused. You're confused about what you should do and what you shouldn't do. This doesn't mean you can't choose apple pie over uh, rhubarb. Yes? Sometimes there can be kind of a resignation and declaring something, oh, well, it's just my karma. That's extra. So, so how, how would we know if we're living out our karma uh, or settling for what's happening to us? I think you'll know. You say how, I think, I think it's just a matter of practicing watching things unfold, watching things come towards you, and notice that you're, what seems to show up is you're less and less confused about the confusion. Confusion doesn't go away. As it, as it says, as Dogen said in the 13th century, if you uh, go out towards uh, the world and try to shape, change, modify, push this, pull this, this is called delusion and circular. But if, you, if, you, uh, uh, if the world just comes to you, the 10,000 things, as is sometimes uh, uh, metaphor is used, then this is awakening. A simple way of saying just this. As far as uh, Mariah's question, the other thing I would say about that is that uh, it's, it's going to show up different ways for different people, and it's difficult to respond to your question, her question, in such a way that it's going to is going to make any sense unless you're doing a lot of sitting meditation because the the tendency to go into it with concepts and ideas and and a leaf rake and take care of everything that way is is pretty overwhelming unless you're emphasizing through sitting meditation the spaciousness in which the leaves appear you, you, you get no credential for it you're not going to feel like you're more aware you may feel like you're more confused because you can see more leaves you can see more confusion you can see more tornadoes, whirlwinds, tsunamis happening, but you're not doing anything with them. And so therefore, the, the apparent self-centeredness that used to jump into the situation and try to sort things out, fix things, repair things, blame them, blame yourself, uh, spiritual materialism, scientific materialism, materialism, cultural materialism, political materialism, material, just trying to take things that don't have a nature of, a fundamental nature of duality, and trying to make them work based on believing some things are right and some things are wrong. We're not saying there aren't things that are really painful and should not uh, uh, be occurring. Not saying that. So the idea there is that you would practice until until it became clear what was happening. There's still going to be suffering, even though some teachings say otherwise. There's still going to be difficulty. You can't you can't be a human being and have ner uh, all kinds of nerve endings including in the mind, and have people around you that are suffering intensely and are trying to cover up their suffering and not feel some of that strongly. It's misunderstood as, it could be misunderstood until there's some kind of a basic crack in the cosmic egg, until there's some kind of basic crack in the whole situation where you begin to see that this is not, nothing is separate. There's no, no praise and blame anymore. There's no cause and effect happening in the, on the level that I thought it was. So there's no, there's no, there's no, there's a, there's awakening, but there's no one who is awakening, awakened. There's confusion, but there's no one who's confused. This is called liberation. 
and it's it's available and it's not an experience it's not something you you go from from this to that it's not separate so you don't there's nowhere to go there's nothing to do as Kobanchino Roshi said yes is there such a thing as a collective karma yes it, it seems as I look at the world politics that there's a congregation of dictators that seem to be arising mm-hmm that some kind of collective yeah it's just more of the same confusion happening so sometimes in light of that it's hard to see what our individual sitting practice how that can impact that bigger mm-hmm. picture so don't don't uh, approach it as uh, in this way they're approaching the world in a materialistic tit-for-tat way or I did this to cause that I'm doing this to have this happen it's like you know, the whole, all the political things, and I'm not going to go into it and get in trouble with people for being political because I don't like to be in trouble. But it's, but you can, I don't have to say anything about it. Just look at the intense right and wrong mentality from, from any, any side of the spectrum. It's rare to find anyone who's, who's talking about training. Let's, let's, uh, let's train our minds first. Let's, let's first, or let's train our minds while we're trying to think about, it. let's try to be clear about what this fundamentally is. Further questions? One more? How about a really good one? Not that the rest of them weren't good. Yes? Um, you said to be genuine, to be your confusion, yeah. your neurosis. Yes. yes. How, how does that look? It doesn't mean acting out, does it? Not at all. No, acting out is trying to avoid the, the situation. It's something happens and I, I, I got to express my anger. How many times do we... I have to do something with it, or I have to go jog or something, get rid of the energy. I'm not saying you shouldn't jog. I'm not saying you shouldn't express your anger, but be really aware. I don't know how any individual's karma is going to show up, but the more you can just be aware of what's happening without clamping down on it or trying to change it before you really see what it is. So you would just... That those feelings, uh, it's so difficult, uh, as you know, all of, all of us know, if you're feeling really bad about some particular situation, uh, to not feel that that situation is causing this problem. It looks like it is. Uh, sometimes we call that a trigger. Something happened that was little over here, and suddenly we have this intense reaction. This is intense karma. You, there's some people, uh, you notice just the people in this room, uh, just go around and uh, uh, look at everyone in the face for 30 seconds. You have a completely different kind of dynamic happening. Not separate. You're not separate from anybody's feelings, emotions. You're not separate from your own. You're not separate from anyone else. Some people are more sensitive than others. Quite often when people are really sensitive to that, they become introverts because it's just too painful to relate to other people. Too difficult because they're so receptive. They're, they're they don't know what to do with all that energy coming from others. So they don't want to be in a, what, a so-called what social milieu where everybody's just having a good time and <laughs> let, me, let me get upstairs. Some people call me an extrovert just because I wander around. And I'm not an extrovert, nor an introvert. They don't, there's, no, there's no positionality happening over here anymore, other than intense fear. Think that they got joking. Better <laughs> way at the end of our sojourn. We're going to take you to the train. You know that, okay? So, I'll leave.
You go down there and jumping on that train without us. <laughs> Further? Okay. I'd like to remind everybody we have donation boxes in the hallway and appreciate your financial assistance and depend on it. Please help us as you are able. We also take payments online through PayPal, checks in the mail, debit, credit card. May Mary's penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize that without us way.